You're listening to Cambridge Challenges, and this is a big challenge for Cambridge. We're going to be talking about homelessness, which is a suitable theme at Christmas. The Christmas parable is about there being no room at the inn, and it is a month that we all hope, but particularly charities that are working so hard to help people that are homeless, will be a month when people add another Christmas present to the list and give some money to one of the excellent local homeless charities and we'll make a list at the end. But it's also a time, and we've experienced it a couple of weeks ago, when the temperatures really drop and we get into a period called the severe weather emergency protocol, which is a time when extra resources are there and it really is a time when if people are sleeping rough they can be encouraged to come indoors as well as talking to them and finding out what their needs are. I have in the studio three people who are making a major contribution and they've between them got quite a few decades of work uh, helping homeless people particularly in our city and it it is a a city uh, that has huge challenges with housing. There are many good things about Cambridge but homelessness is one of the challenges and it doesn't get any easier. So, first of all, I'm going to talk to Chris Jenkin and introduce Chris. Chris is chair of an organisation called It Takes a City, and Chris will say a bit about how you came, that organisation came together. And it essentially is an alliance of a whole range of people um, that care about tackling homelessness, and have been working hard on it for years, since well before lockdown. And so what's it takes a city and how is it building on the work of many existing organisations? And then James Martin, who is Chief Executive at Cambridge Cyrenians. And Cambridge Cyrenians is making a big contribution and probably doesn't get some of the publicity that it might locally. So it's one of many charities that are working together. And last but not least, Barry Griffiths, who is... Community and Communications Manager at Jimmy's Cambridge. Barry's got a lot to say, rightly, and Barry's been in that role for a decade. So, And I shouldn't forget to mention that, James, you worked both at Winter Comfort for six years and also Riverside Housing, who play a big role and continue to in providing accommodation. So, starting with you, Chris, it takes a city... What brought you into the whole issue of homelessness and what would you say are the top three or four things that It Takes a City is focusing on? I came into this a number of years ago when I um, so-called retired from uh, commercial work and uh, one of the first things I did was um, set up the Cambridge Street Pastors which helps people on the street, got to know a number of rough sleepers. That led to setting up the Cambridge Church's Homeless Project, which was a round, traditional round-robin night shelter using church floors, a different night every week. But at around 2017-18, we felt there was more that could be done. And inspired by examples from other cities, we felt it would be a good thing to establish a wider community action around ending homelessness. And we chose the name It Takes a City because that's what we felt was the answer, that homelessness and rough sleeping is a problem of a community where people have lost out in that community for various reasons. And I think it takes the community to bring people back into that community. And so we had a large summit in uh, November 2018, which began things. 
and a number of activities were launched uh, from that around providing information and support and housing and, and so forth. We brought probably a hundred or so different organisations together. We brought funding in from places which hadn't provided funding before. We brought in volunteers that hadn't volunteered before. We brought in commercial organisations interested to help that weren't really connected before. So it was kind of fulfilling the goal of bringing together, um, but it still wasn't quite enough. But then the pandemic actually was a real help because... Well, it was the first time the government really started doing something in nearly a decade. And that um, statement by the housing minister that everybody should come in, uh, the everyone in, was a seminal moment in Cambridge and elsewhere. We grasped that opportunity. The City Council and we working together developed accommodation options using hotels and uh, vacant student accommodation and providing all the support and so forth. And it was good that the organisations that I had worked with previously had spare volunteers that could help. So it was quite a big effort. Um, and it was, a, it was quite a big gap. Um, the other agencies were working very hard to deal with the effects of COVID on their current services. So it wasn't a situation where a lot more effort was needed. But we found then through that winter that those that we were helping in their single ensuite accommodation in hotels with good food, etc., were making progress that hadn't been seen before. And uh, we agreed with the council after that particular winter, maybe we should do this again and not go back to the old model of um, communal floors in, in cold weather. And that became what is currently our largest project called Crossways, which has become quite well known. It's actually the name of the property that we use, but it's now become the name of the project, and it probably will ever be, um, where we bring people into uh, individual ensuite accommodation from November through March um, with um, a very clear referral process working with the City Council, so you can't just knock at the door and come in. We provide 24-7 support. We are very open partnerships. All the other agencies uh, around mental health, um, substance misuse, housing, etc. Yeah, there's a lot of different organisations. I mean, you've got the NHS, you've got the County Council, the City Council. And they're all welcome. So our role is really just to coordinate who comes in and when, so it's not too overcrowded. Um, And in particular, work with each person there to identify when the time is right that they feel they can move on and find the move on options and working with all the other organisations, including my friends here in the, in the room, to find suitable next steps accommodation for them. We then continue to work with them year round to make sure we don't lose that connection um, to help them sustain that housing journey. We all know that housing doesn't end with a front door key. Uh, that's only the beginning. A house is obviously necessary, but it's not sufficient. And that kind of wraparound support and bringing the community together around people we think is critical. And what we try and generate within our Crossways project is a sense of family, a sense of community, a sense of belonging, so that people feel the street is now a distant prospect and something they just don't want to go back to. And that helps people to move on. And that's that's become our major project, if you like, our anchor project from which things have been off year-round. Um, but we do a number of other things as well. We have another, under, another number of other projects in the pipeline, which I'm happy to go on to. But We can cover those as we, uh, as we, we take us through the range of other charities and mm. projects that are making a difference. But yet, yeah, clearly, Crossways, it takes a city as part of the winter provision that's so needed. James, Cambridge Cyrenians, and um, yeah, your take on 
helping people who are homeless in Cambridge, particularly single homeless, um, and the support they need as well as the housing. Yeah, so we we should know the best. <laughs> We've been doing it the longest. Um, so 52 years. Wow. Um, Cambridge Communities has been running. As a lot of organisations, we started off as a completely volunteer-run organisation with volunteers sleeping alongside homeless people um, in houses in, in the same room. Um, and then that, that developed and grew over time into the organisation that we are today. A spirit there of the link with the people that's part of your approach. Very much. It was very much that the volunteers then lived alongside um, in um, I, I think it was a bit it was a bit wild west I think back back in those days in in the way that it that it ran, but I guess that was the way it was. There wasn't a lot of regulation and people were just trying to do what they could with yep. the resources that they had. So a lot of the buildings were just derelict buildings that got that got used, you know, by the organisation, um, and, and and a lot of people from the colleges and from, from faith based organisations volunteered and made uh, made it happen. And you know that was that was a, that was a long time ago, and now things are, are very different. You know, we're, we're so give give us an idea now about the sort of capability and the accommodation that you're able to offer. We've now got a hundred um, supported bed spaces across the city. That's a lot. There is a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's the largest provider of adult supported accommodation in the city and probably the least well known so um, it's great it's great being here to talk to you about it the form of our accommodation is, is homes not hostels so our largest unit of accommodation is a uh, 10 bed unit but all the rest are sort of three and four bed houses spread across the city trying to build that community within our residents that live together so they have that communal living and that communal experience because um, they can they can support each other i mean it's one of the threads of different uh, arrangements whether people are in hostels but but on the move on accommodation or somewhere where they can be for longer they give a lot to each other they do yeah it's a real struggle actually because a lot of people who live with us have that have come from the hostel system and the hostel mentality uh, and it's a real shame when people use their houses like hostels and they don't they don't use them as, as a community and they don't eat together um, and it's quite hard to do that when you when you throw people together because you can't manage people who come in and out so much um, so it's a real challenge for us to make that work um, in some houses it works really well and it's really good and it's really supportive but it doesn't work all the time because some people just they just don't want to mix with people that they don't know but, but they're still getting a lot from the support that Cyrenians give and from having a bed in a in a slightly different environment yeah yeah for sure I think it's a move on from the hostels it, it is like your own yeah. home and there is autonomy and people can choose how they want their, their home to run they cho get to choose their own decor decorations and how all that works so that works really well and it sort of prepares people for how it's going to be for a lot of people who perhaps aren't going to be able to get their own self-contained accommodation in the future obviously got a team of support workers that provide visiting support on a regular basis uh, which and just enables people to manage to to have those life skills to make the house work and make the house run which most of the time is is, is appreciated by by our by our residents we also have an in-house mental health nurse that's funded by the national lottery that they that works alongside um, our residents and provides one-to-one -one mental health support for most of our residents either don't meet the threshold to access primary mental health care or they're unable to access that mental health care. So actually having that on board is a real feather in our bone, a real 
are a real advantage for our residents to be able to access that support that people struggle so much with. So you've got a hundred people within the communities that you support. That takes a lot of understanding. You must have such a wide variety of personalities and needs. Yeah, and I guess the, the accommodation is, is not all the same. So we've got we've got some accommodation where we still have residential volunteers that, that come over. Most of them are foreign nationals now, but they'll come and they'll volunteer with us as a residential volunteer, and they will live in the houses alongside our residents. And that's quite unique in that you would, you'd have that in an, in an accommodation-based setting. So it's great for the volunteers because they get experience of working and working alongside in a supporting environment. A lot of those people want to go on and be social workers of the future, so it's great experience for them um, and provides a, a fairly unique experience for the people in our, in our short-stay well, accommodation. It's, ver- it's very human. It, they, they, they're sharing space. They are close to the people, some of whom have had heavily disrupted lives and are have got an interest in rebuilding them but they've got a range of challenges so how how would you sum up the kind of relationship between the people who provide the support and and people who are themselves sort of needing support but but needing to develop their own independence i think it's really interesting for the volunteers because a lot of the volunteers that we that we have that that come and stay with us are quite often young students who we get quite a lot of students from Germany and from South America that, that come and stay so that, that's interesting because you've got the two different cultures range of that, culture that meet yeah yeah so so that can be really beneficial it can also be quite challenging at the same time but I think when it is beneficial it's, it's quite good to sort of open open up the eyes of residents to to the different cultures and and I think I think there's and a, you've there's got a some ethnic, they've got energy as well yeah, and they bring a lot of energy into the houses, so it works works really well. Um, one of our projects is a is a long stay project, so it's a combination of two houses with generally older homeless people living inside, and there's that's there's there's no time limit to that. We've got people who've been living there for for decades, and they flourish in there, and they they're do really part well. of it. They're the they're the bedrock in a way. They are, yeah, yeah. So tea and cake with the volunteers, um, <laughs> and 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 going out with them is is part of their life, and it's part of what makes their their stay with Serenians sort of, you know enriches their stay with us. Okay, well, thank you for that, James. We'll come back to the part that play is played by Serenians, which is big, as you say. Last but not least. Barry, Barry Griffiths, 10 years, but then quite a range of experience yourself. So tell us a bit about Jimmy's. They play such a big role. And uh, you, you must have a comparable, nearly, number of bed spaces yourselves, as well as a very much-needed hostel base and uh, wider accommodation that you manage. From our perspective, we, we run two all-year-round hostels in Cambridge. One, uh, the largest one on East Road, which has 25 beds now and a a more exclusive kind of multiple needs hostel down the Newmarket Road with nine beds. And we do have some properties across the city, 10 shared houses, uh, as well as 22 modular homes, which I'm sure we'll get onto amongst the, the conversations this afternoon. So I think it was it's interesting to figure out where we come from. So we are primarily hostel-based. We're known as a hostel. Jimmy's known across the city as a hostel, kind of where the East Road function fits in, and, and I do take some of the points on board. It's kind of a triage for people to come through. So it's kind of often the first point that people will come off the streets will be to come into Jimmy's, 
and it sounds a bit strange here. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the homeless word. We see people, so I think Jimmy's uh, along with everyone else. We all see people. I think that's the thing that we do, and we work with people. We're a humanitarian organisation as well as, as as helping people off the streets. So I think that's where Jimmy's comes from. Is that we want to get to know someone, we want to support them. We're open all day, every day in both of our hostels, and similar to what's been mentioned before by Chris, I think it was, is that housing just isn't the simple solution. There is something that needs to be more so people can actually flourish, as James was saying, and become themselves and live in autonomy and have the success that they feel that they, they can achieve. I think that's important to believe is that we actually invest a lot in people, both primary care and self-care, really, to, to make sure that someone is comfortable, has the ability, has the skills feels that they can move on so and then people can move on with their lives uh, and start to live the lives in the way that they they treasure and they want to but plenty of time so the the fact that people have got a space and support gives them the opportunity and the choice to, to as to how they they make use of that yeah i think it's fundamental really that, that someone's got to have somewhere safe and secure for them to be able to to, to lay some kind of lay some rocks down so that they can move on with their lives i think it's important that the stability is there the security is there the safety is there and i think all three of us kind of offer those in in varying measures uh, and i think it's important to, to realize is that people sometimes are very scared when they come into certain organizations so it, sometimes it's it entirely depends on the person that comes in as to what level of support they will need some people are a light touch some people need some some pretty stringent um, support to, to allow them to move forward and you yourself you've had some experience of th just how rough it can be i mean you rightly say we're talking about people so but people who've been previously without support or um and, and you what what, what yeah i mean I, I was fortunate i mean it fortunate sounds a strange word to use but i was found myself on the streets in 2010 and i was fortunate to come across jimmy so that's that's where i kind of um, shared my story with Jimmy as I was rough sleeping for three months and then I came through the Jimmy system and then moved on to one of the supported houses. So really, if you like, Jimmy's was my my leverage, my, my crutch, my home uh, and, and definitely, as Chris mentioned earlier, my family. So that's, that's kind of where I come from uh, and I'm fairly sure that I wouldn't be the person I am today without A, the experience of being rough sleeping and also for the fact that there was an organisation that supported me out of it. And as you said, in terms of how we use language in the zone, um, it, we have to be careful and we have to just respect that people have gone through an experience which led them to be homeless, but they're not homeless once they're being supported. And uh, yeah, they are, there's a, they've got a huge amount within themselves. Yeah, I think most, most people, and I, I look around the table for, for some, some agreement on this, but most people that, that we, we look support and, and we provide accommodation for have had a traumatic experience at some stage which has led them to some difficulties in their lives that, that we are working with most of them to say okay how can we how can we support you to overcome that yeah i would add to that i'm of the sort of hundreds of people that we've seen through the night shelter project and through crossways and people that i've worked with personally in some level of detail and other other places where we've met people that have um, haven't got a place to go I can only remember one person who just had lost a job because most people in that circumstance, they have some social capital. 
they've got a friend or family they can fall back on. The people that we tend to see, exactly, people that we tend to see have exhausted that that capital, and they they've become disconnected from their family, from from their previous friendship network from their previous community and as Barry said what we provide in a sense is at the beginning that becomes family for them I've even been next of kin for some people who have got no one else you know that they can put on a form etc and and we all play a, a role both individually and as organizations in helping to create that initial sense of belonging that people need and then gradually they build their own you know social networks and capital and and uh, and support that enables them to sustain a housing journey but yeah that sense i always think that if on the street i would say that if you give someone money you're kind of pushing them away if you just have a good you know a pleasant conversation you're bringing them in and it helps to i think make that connection um, and i think this issue of family and which barry can talk about in a personal sense i think is a really really significant thing of what we're all trying to do in our different ways I think anyone who thinks it's a lifestyle choice. <laughs> um, well, that is, was uh, so damaging a remark that it actually helped. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Sorry, yes, but yeah. sorry, yeah. you were saying. Um, I mean, we we see that our mental health worker deals with trauma all the time. So the, the people that that are supported are, are dealing with that trauma, and that's and that's what causes them to to be homeless. It's not it's not people who fall down on their luck and they and they lose their they lose their job. There's normally something behind that that has been a catalyst to them losing their job. Um, so yeah, yeah. Any, anyone who says it's a lifestyle choice needs to look at um, where they're getting their facts from because it's not much of a lifestyle. Yeah, no, it, it certainly isn't. You've each talked about the need for support. What are some of the key areas that the charities in Cambridge working with p- people who need this support focus on? And, and are there still gaps or is there still areas where the the wider options that, that people ha- need to exercise about activity and what, what they're doing as well as what their uh, hopes might be if they expand to actually aim to to do something different there's gaps there's gaps all over and it is about people having that choice to do things that are different that are fulfilling and that are enriching if you're surviving hand to mouth and you can't actually choose to do anything that makes your that makes your day enjoyable then it's it's increasingly hard to pull yourself out of that place people are fighting against that all the time and Trying to have enough support to get people to overcome that is, is difficult because resources are finite and time is finite and people's time in services such as Serenians is finite as well. So how does that work when somebody moves on from, um, from our service and then has to survive in the community? Can, are you able to build that level of support and that level of resource around them so that they can access that once, once, once they're, 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 they're out from our support? Because... You know, there's there's very few services that are time limited. We we have a floating support service that is time limited, and they we support 45 people living in their own tenancies. But obviously that's time limited, so that fills up. And then where do those people go beyond that point? Trying to do that is is difficult. And there are there are lots of there's lots of work going around uh, sort of having a trusted person model with people that will work alongside people for for a longer period of time. And that, that's being developed at the moment as, as part of the initiative that's being funded by the County Council. And building a relationship which would continue, at least in part, if they then made progress, got their own place as a flat or somewhere to live outside of the 
the immediate world of Serenians or Jimmies? Yeah, well, I guess I guess most people end up in in services such as ours because they don't they don't have that immediate support around them. So, you know, if 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 I was to is to become homeless, I, I'm I'm lucky that I've got friends who um, are able to, would be able to support me, and I've got family who are supportive, and, and there are a lot of people who don't have that that support network around them so we are that support network as, as barry was saying if the people who haven't got that support network is is how you put that in place and how you make that work in in the long term can we ask more of the public or uh, you obviously each of you are working with quite a lot of volunteers what are some of the skills as well as maybe some of the things that people listening to this program could do if they know someone who's not got a good place to live or or if they come across someone even in weather as bad as some of the winter, what can members of the public do and, and how do you work with volunteers and bring people within Jimmy's or other the other organisations? In terms of, of what the members of the public can do, I'm a big believer on hello, how are you? I yeah. think that that's, that emotional connection needs to exist so between just, Cambridge talk, community. So you meet exactly. somebody or if you know somebody locally who's homeless you you talk to them yeah i think that's the personal thing that's that's the thing that you may be the only person that individual talks to in any given period or feel comfortable to talk to i think that's that's where i start building that relationship that trusted person as, as james mentioned that that kind of currency needs to exist and that starts from the the, the wealth and the, and the kindness of community of cambridge and i think people do recognize that there are functional things that people can do generally my, my advice, and, and do chip in here, chaps, would be if you're immediately worried about the person's health, emergency services, let's go for that. Let's get someone off the streets into um, hospital if that's what people need. Other than that, there are other things that people we can do. You, there is a street outreach team that can do. There is a street link, which is a national service. Um, so there's a street link website. Yes. People I mean, look at it. What whether they're in Cambridge or elsewhere. Exactly, and I think, I think you know, I'll let Chris express about that a bit more because you've got a bit more, you know, it takes a city than, than uh, just, just that. Yeah, so we, we've got a, uh, an app, uh, a phone app called Street Support, Street Support Cambridgeshire. It's part of a national platform and it's loaded with details of all the different agencies and support organisations um, divided up by eligibility and gender and things like that. So you can put in where, you know, where someone is and what their needs are and find out where they could get assistance, whether it's for their pet or for their health or um, substance misuse or accommodation or whatever. Clearly, if, um, if someone... And that can be used by an individual person to help themselves and also by members of the public if they come across someone who needs some help. It is the case that most people who are regularly sleeping rough probably know more about the organisations that are able to help than most of us do, um, because they're, they're often, often well used to it. But um, on, on that website, you can find the street link connection. Um, you go onto that, you have to register with your name, etc. And then if, so, if you see someone sleeping rough clearly overnight, you can put in the details as to you know, roughly uh, identify the person, describe the person, where they were sleeping, etc. That will get through to the relevant street outreach team in Cambridge, the street outreach team. It's, it's and, worth, it's worth yeah. using, what, three words when yeah. reporting on Streetlink? Because it gives a really precise location. So right. yeah. Yeah. But if you bookmark streetlink uk mm. and have what three words on mm. app on your phone then you can report somebody quite easily and, and accurately so um, what and three words as an app yes yeah. yeah and then the the street outreach team will then get that and they'll go and visit that particular sleep site the next opportunity will be you know sort of between six and seven the next morning 
um, and we'll try and engage with that person and bring them into services. Sometimes there'll be someone then that's known already, very often that's the case, but it can be a new person um, who hasn't yet got any support available to them and that, that can be a life-saving intervention for, for someone. Cambridge 105 Radio. Celebrate Christmas with Cambridge 105 Radio. Winter comfort, John's story. But knowing that I had no job, no income, knowing that as soon as that money ran out, I wouldn't be able to feed or support myself at all anymore. That was the biggest panic. Rewind 2023. I have had it from two impeccable sources that business leaders knew both about the Sunday Times article in advance and about Gove's speech. John Hammond's Christmas Big Band Show. You've got two hours of me, John Hammond, with the very best of Big Band Christmas Swing Jazz Jive. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us here at Cambridge 105 Radio. This is Cambridge Challenges, and we're talking about tackling homelessness, um, particularly during the winter, but it's a, an, an all-round-the-year uh, challenge. And I've got in the studio Barry Griffiths from Jimmy's, uh, James Martin from Cambridge Serenians, and not least Chris Jenkin, who is the chair of an organisation, It Takes a City. So the government did a lot um, during uh, lockdown, it's not clear what pushed them hard, but they clearly recognised that uh, people who uh, were sleeping rough were already suffering significant health challenges and were really exposed with uh, COVID. They have continued some support after, and obviously people like the City Council and other organisations do a range of, of support the government was bold enough to say that they were going to end rough sleeping by 2025. Just some thoughts from each of you about, well, what, what should the government and local councils focus on? Where are the gaps? I don't think we think it's going to be achieved, but where, where should the funding be focused? Um, maybe start with you, Barry. Well, I think the, the, the gaps are kind of self-evident at times. I think in terms of supporting people off of the streets i think 2025 is ambitious i think that's a phrase i'll stick to i think it's just the, the way it is is that it should still be the objective yeah yeah exactly i think there's the, that's that's something to to hang out on I'm, I'm happy with that but whether it's achievable or not time will tell but i think what what's happening and, and certainly what i see in cambridge is the fact is that it's a more of a matrix kind of approach to supporting people off the streets there isn't anything one organisation could particularly do in isolation without working with other people across the city. And I think that's kind of where Chris's organisation comes into, feeling that, that if there are things, and without Cyrenians and, and James's organisation, there wouldn't be places for people from Jimmy's to go. And I think it's important that we all, we all hold keys to it. And I think that's where the investment needs to be, is understanding and moulding that blended support to allow people to envision their own success see what their own success looks like and have opportunity and choices to be able to do it that that is where i see cambridge moving towards is is blending organizations together still with their own distinctiveness but with an idea that 
there isn't one one shop fits all i'm afraid it's just, yeah. that doesn't exist but presumably there's still a shortage of total accommodation um, yeah, I, I think yeah that that's going to be the case for a long time but as mentioned earlier you could have all the accommodation in the world without support to support to run alongside the the accommodation yeah. it's not always going to be successful unfortunately a, so housing somebody in a council flat a mile away from the city center without the support is is not necessarily it's, it's, gonna yeah, work. It, it's it's going to leave with someone unfortunately yeah a bit of recidivism and, and maybe going back to the streets yeah james you've you've put a very forcefully an argument that says a lot of the debate and we've had some debates in the studio about growth and who's benefiting from all this housing uh, a lot more housing for sale to people who can afford half a million pounds isn't going to be the answer is it <laughs> well well that, that's that's how it seems isn't it that's yeah. that's, that's how it's portrayed but, so so where would where would you focus the resources and and is there a place in the local plan for actually making a list of the kind of the missing capacity in terms of accommodation we do need more accommodation and we do need more affordable accommodation um, and more social housing. Um, the the city council have invested you know, a lot of money recently in, in in social housing and affordable housing, and it's it's the best it's the best housing option for the majority of our residents. Um, but there's never going to be enough to provide all those people with settled homes if that's what they want. Not everybody needs a settled home. I think I think it's it's about having a a range of accommodation that's available so so you see the value of that supported r place for a range of people because that's part of what they were missing um, i think we need that we're almost perhaps perhaps not in tech city but perhaps jimmy's and serenians are, are guilty of of making that ourselves in that people end up so used to being in services that they perhaps can't survive outside of services. Well, it's nothing, which, yeah, but, which, that, but if, if people need it... Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of debates as to whether, whether those people would ever gain those skills to be able to, to manage independently. If I look at our, our short street accommodation, it's very unusual that you would have non-time-limited supported accommodation. Um, and I, think, I think when we, when we first had that run in, the, the city council weren't so keen <laughs> on that as, a, as an accommodation model. But the county council working because I think yeah. they saw the, the savings outside of um, the you know, people that would end up in the in the in care homes and quite expensive accommodation. So, if, I guess so they, they may have seen it from the money, but they were also kind of making choices. I well, mean, the, not everybody will bounce back into a full time job and uh, no, a different and the, different lifestyle. Some of them, I'm only interpreting but if you've had a trauma and a breakdown you are susceptible then to relying on alcohol or drugs sometimes or you, you have other challenges that, that add to where you were i think just coming back to the to the long stay accommodation and the 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 benefit that those that the, 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 the old guys actually that the guys that live there get from it is that they they've they've got much more camaraderie and they've got much more community within that house no matter how much they bicker and, and and they don't always get on but i think compared to those those men living in in a in a care home where they didn't have that choice and they didn't have that same sort of community and the buying their food together and occasionally you know eating having a sunday meal all together um they they would lose that and yeah. and i think well they've had a shared experience they uh, they've got an understanding of each other which other mixes of people wouldn't give them 
Yes, yeah, I think so. When, when it comes down to people who abuse substances because of the situation they're in, I think most of the time that's, that is bringing us back to trauma and people trying to deal with the trauma yep. that they that they haven't dealt with and that they can't deal with because one of the one of the gaps is sort of adequate mental health support for people if you can't get the support to deal with it within the power of your own brain i'm not a psychologist then you're going to turn to things and people turn people turn stuff and then i think once you've once you've used that as a crutch it becomes increasingly difficult to to not use it as a as a crutch so rough sleeping and single homeless expanded year after year from about 2010 through to 2020. Would he say, James, that one of the areas that really has to be looked at is that mental health support and just the form of the support services? Yeah, for sure. What would you say Cambridge needs in that zone extra um, that it doesn't have? It's not just mental health support. I've seen this, the, the city council be cut over you know times of austerity. So, so we've lost we've lost as organisations a bit of that guiding hand. That we that used to be quite strong. That used to guide us, and so they've lost staff, but so they, also yeah, they're so, putting so out less money. They've lost money from central government, so therefore they've got yeah. less resources and less officers to be able to manage us. You know, we we do need a father figure to. You know, we're, we're all independent organisations, and actually we need we need that bit of guidance, and th- those austerity cuts that have happened to the county council and the and the city council have, have, have taken their toll, and there there is less there's less ability to coordinate and going back to um everyone in it's a stark contrast when there was a whole load of resource and we did get that we did get that guidance and it worked really well but it was it was only for a finite time and now that's gone away we're we're sort of we're yeah. sort of back again and and left to, left to float somewhat really yeah, i think that's important that you, ever since then rough sleeping and figures have gone up and i think that's a, a stark reality of the fact that there isn't a direct correlation between resource spent and ability mm. to get people off the streets quite easily. So I think that that needs to be focused in the fact is that it's not gone away and it's still increasing uh, and it will go a bit further as far as I'm concerned in terms of, of what's going to happen because the climate of the economy at the moment is causing constraints all around and people are feeling things a lot more difficulty as well. And I think that, that will drive mental ill health, that would highlight the gaps in that mental ill health support uh, and also just personal support really you know that general kind of thing it was interesting and i i, I again share james's feeling here that peer support is is pretty important as well mm. and i think you know, there, there is a a genuine need for people who have have lived experience to offer their support as to how they the, the routes that they found out of it and what worked for them so that is important in, in both of all, all three of organisations, Crossways, Sorenians and Jimmy's, that people find support from their peers as well. So people with time and the, the fact that yeah you can't just rush things, you've, you've got to be there and you've got to be there at the right time. Yeah, we're quite fortunate in our Crossways accommodation, we're not a commissioned service so we don't have particular outcomes we have to achieve. Clearly we have significant funding from central government and from local authority and from others that support. So we, you know, the eyes are on us to achieve something, not just keep people safe, but help people to move on through the winter. But we very much have a, the luxury of, a, if you like, a walk-alongside model. So you walk alongside people until they're ready to sit down and engage with what they want to do next. Having said that, we have found from 
local um, health agencies that they found uh, it very easy to work with people once they've come into crossways uh, i think because of the setting that we managed to put to put there so it says something about the the trust that's been developed and I would, I would agree. I mean, when you look at the, in terms of the gaps, there's what the uh, council house waiting list is, what, a couple of thousand currently households, of which um, some hundreds will be single, single people. And if you like, the homelessness system has a few hundred people waiting for accommodation. Now, in my mind, that is not difficult to fix. If the government can contemplate building a quarter of a million new homes, it's not a big stretch to see that a very small proportion of those could be earmarked for those that have been homeless and um, who need and support for that housing journey. But that, that obviously is not uh, sufficient to solve the problem, as we've all been, all been saying. But it is something about housing. It's about the trusted person model that, that James mentioned, that at least there's one person that the person trusts. And other support can be organised around that, but they have a person they can go to and trust and perhaps take... And, and a relationship that's yeah. been built. And to because avoid I think one of the yeah. issues, <coughs> having seen how the pressures on social workers is that you, you have quite a lot of mobility of people moving and actually having a, a good, strong relationship... Uh, of knowing people yeah. for a long period we can, of time. You know, that can be done with volunteers as well. Yeah. Not, not just a question of paid, paid resource. The complexity is working all that out when a person is moving from institution to institution or engaging with multiple institutions. How that trusted person can be that trusted person when they're walking into, whether it's probation or um, job centre or a housing yeah. uh, discussion, etc. That's the, that's the thing we're trying to work out currently, how that, how that works. Well, it's very hard for people, just ordinary people, for instance, to navigate the NHS just by mm. themselves. Yeah, um, I definitely I mean, I, I, in quite a number of situations, I'd advise anybody to have somebody else in the room mm. um, simply because you just don't get the time to say mm. what you need to say. Mm. So, And there is definitely a gap over mental health support. I think yeah. We have an excellent but very small team of people that work with us at Crossways and in other settings that, that we're in, but we could do with a, a lot more of that um, because anyone that's gone through any kind of trauma... That is a mental health issue. Yeah. It may not have began with mental health, but it'll certainly, certainly end up with it. And it requires that kind of support to help people uh, work through that and find um, a more stable pathway for their, for their future. Yeah. And that obviously comes down. If it's NHS-funded activity, that is a funding issue. But all these things can be solved if, there's, if, the, if there is the political will to do that. And we would like to see a bigger and wider ambition across Cambridge from local authorities downwards across all sectors of the community to say we are going to work on this together and advocate for things to happen, make things happen, provide the resources and end this situation we have of too many people sleeping rough. And the local authorities getting their act together to bring themselves I, I, together. I do pay credit to the City Council who I think they are an outlier amongst other councils across the UK yeah. in terms of the effort they've put in, the work they've done, the innovative things they've set up, the funding they've secured from DLUC and, and from their own resources um, has been quite significant. So, um, and the relationship I think we have with the Council is, is extremely warm. Um, it's not the case in every city that that's the case between councils and the homeless agencies. We're very fortunate here. 
um, to have a very committed set of officers that we, that we work with. And there's certainly commitment. I think when we first met, Lewis, you, I think you said to me, we can't do everything. And of course, that's true, which is what we tried to Well, I think I was the leader of the council at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I, 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 not that I, I wasn't listening. No, no. But that, that in, indicates that we need to bring a lot of things together to make it work. As, as Barry said, it's not just about one organisation. Yeah doing everything but everybody working but together. you need you need that to. resource that actually is there thinking and mm. bidding yeah. for funding but also just being a bit of the, yeah. the, the glue that holds a number of different things and fill some of the gaps i mean so it's a mm. bit like glue and building filler sometimes yeah. just and to credit make to the county work. they've got some innovative programs coming through obviously very widespread across cambridgeshire and peterborough but there's been innovative thinking coming through and some good programmes emerging that will help yeah. uh, the people that we're trying to help as well. And you've got a deputy leader in Alice Gilderdale who knows quite a lot about what needs to be done. Yeah, One of my team. One of your team. Uh, so, thanks for that. We do need to kind of reach out to the public a bit, and it is Christmas, and uh, there is the challenge of winter. Um, and I, I would hope that people listening... Uh, and hearing to what what Barry and James and Chris have said, can think that yeah, if if you want to add someone to your Christmas present list this year, then make a donation to a charity or help in other ways. How 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 could uh, the public do a bit more this winter, uh, Barry James? Well, everything's been said is is absolutely true, and I think you know one thing I wanted to record here, and this goes across all three services that, that are sitting around the table, is that we we do have some stunning successes. It's not all about gaps, and it's not all about worrying about people. Absolutely, it's not all about, I think the fact that the organisations exist and has continued to exist and are existing, we we've probably all got stories of individuals that have had stunning successes, have have shocked us all in terms of of their recovery purposes and their resilience as people and I think that's that's really what we would be looking for in terms of investment in all of our organisations I mean we're all three of charities now I'm going to say cash of course I am <laughs> that's how it is if people want to donate I'm fairly sure there is a donate page on, on all of our websites that all of us can come to but I think also as well is that step back and think that that is a person that's could be sitting in front of you on the streets that hello how are you begins that trusted person journey shows. So, so taking a different view exactly. when you're and walking down burley street and exactly. a couple of people are sitting there and, and i mean they may be asleep sometimes yes. but 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 you can say hello yeah exactly and and you know donations at this time of year are, are doubly worth it it's a a small act of kindness to to give something across uh, some thought a lot of it is the thought behind the gift as well. I think it's just so that someone's taken some time out of their day to think about somebody else. Maybe a monthly donation. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm all for, for recurring donations. Yeah. Of course I am. But I think it's just the fact is that this year is, is this time of year makes people focus on family. Sometimes that there are there are people around that don't have those families, and we see quite a few of those. Yeah. But as has been said, we become the family, so we want people to have a family Christmas with us as their family. With You'll be wrapping a lot of presents, then. wrapping a lot of presents, cooking a lot of turkeys, yeah. just the same as everyone else we want. We want someone to have whatever normal looks like yeah. uh, in their eyes for them to have Christmas. I think. Yeah, and Christmas. I mean. Most of us have not had a bad Christmas, and if you've had a couple of really difficult ones, uh, having a good Christmas will remind people a bit of, 
of some of the earlier ones they might have had. It's a Philip, it's a self-esteem builder, it's self-confidence, and it shows, uh, and I'm sure um, the the gentleman across with me will agree that Cambridge is a caring community, it's a generous community, and I think that that we've got to value that as as well as as supporting the people that we look after. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's various people have been homeless who didn't expect it would ever happen. So it's not something that we're all immune from because it could happen to us. Our life in different ways could collapse. Very true. I think it's life is fragile at the best of times. <laughs> and, and life at the moment is, is tough for lots of people for very many reasons. Yeah, I mean, just um, look there, at the there cost are of living. are coming through the system that we necessarily haven't necessarily seen before, uh, that are new to all three of us. Uh, and I think that they're, they're people that we've got to figure out, A, why are they coming through? Some research needs to be done on those things. Mm-hmm. But also the, the landscape and the horizon changes for them because they've got a different viewpoint. And I think we need to welcome those people in and mm-hmm. say, you're, you're meritous just as well as uh, anyone else. Yeah, so it's not linked to income. It's, it's often something that affects somebody for other reasons, but there's even more of it at the current time. James... Any thoughts about how people could help Serenians? Or well, yeah. Obviously, we, we will obviously, obviously we'll cash, publish, yeah, we'll and, publish and a list of the websites. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got um, a wish list donation on our, on our website, too, that people can look at. So you can go to Amazon and you can... Specific things that Yeah, you that can could buy those help. things. So, you know, when people move into us, they, you know, they, 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 they get a fresh set of bedding, they get a fresh set of toiletries, all yeah. that stuff's on there. So you can, people, can, people can buy that. Um, and then something people could do for free is they could just champion Cambridge Unions in their workplace. Um, we're you know we're looking to be charities of the year for for organisations and work with organisations. Um, so it can be a keep, collection box, but also a particular focus. So if you yeah if you're listening and uh, you've got an opportunity to raise it in your workplace. Um, Cambridge Serenians has put in a pitch in for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know we're we're on we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. So yeah, yeah so follow us and yeah, and see what we're doing. So yeah. that, you know we're we're out there doing great stuff, and that's when you get to see the successes. Um, when you when you work in in this field, you you tend to get bogged down in the things that don't work. You well, you're having to deal yeah. and support a lot of people, and you have to give a lot of yourself, don't you? Yes, you do. Yeah, 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 and and it's really hard not to focus on the things that haven't happened, and we really need to celebrate the things that have happened. And we, you know, we we do have success, and people do do get out of our service and move on and, and lead fulfilling lives. Yeah, um, and 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 just giving the support, even if you didn't get what would be someone moving on to their own home, is still good. Yeah, and we have currently 13 men and 7 women in the Crossways Accommodation Project so far this winter. Doubtless, probably in a few weeks, two or three weeks' time, they'll start to think about, OK, where do, work, where do I go next? And more people will come in. It's obviously a very hugely practical project, a bit like Jimmy's is, is year-round. So when we get um, huge contributions of, of, of clothing and food and so forth, which is always very welcome, uh, we keep quite a large stock of, of things for people when they come in of... You know, when they came in the first week, everybody was absolutely drenched and had to have new clothes pretty well top to bottom. And, um, and also volunteers. Um, we, we lay a great store by our volunteer-led evening meals. A lot of that is, is a coordinated by the Cambridge Church's Homeless Project, but we have people from all sorts, all walks of life, faith and no faith, coming in to assist in teams every evening to cook the meal. 
and we try and encourage our residents to all eat together. Uh, so it's a sense of a sense of family, and we have other um, people that come in and, and clean and, and, and do laundry and so forth, and we have other people that just come in to be and not to do. And that might be doing some knitting or playing Monopoly or Scrabble or something like that. And in many ways, those little things can be the most valuable to help people get a sense of family and normality. Well, relaxed time as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly, so, with, no, with no pressure. T- when we get time off, we just sort of take it easy. And that's what people, everybody in, enjoys when they're, they're, they've just got that social relaxed time. So people can find these things through our, our website and yep. again Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're not on Instagram, LinkedIn and, and so forth um, and by just giving accounts as well, there's plenty of opportunities okay. to provide support in that way but um, it's really it's it's really the people cash is important but it's people that, and often volunteer people that make the difference very often. So there are places where yeah. You can make a difference if you've got time. You yeah. want to be part of a community that is making a real uh, lift for people that, that haven't had much support. Mm-hmm. We can come back maybe another time and talk a bit about modular home communities, uh, something I'm working on outside of the city, but which you have got an ambition. Roughly how many modular home communities do you think Cambridge could uh, help develop? Uh, I think I once felt that we should have about a dozen a dozen sites with ten homes each. Right, and that's still on the on the table. And anyone with land, copies of deeds are welcome through my post box. <laughs> well, we can come back to that more fully. Thank you to the three of you. Thank you, Barry, uh, James, and Chris. You've been listening to Cambridge One Hundred and Five, uh, the challenge of homelessness. Uh, three organisations that are making a massive difference. There are more organisations, um, uh, Winter Comfort, Emmaus, a number of other organisations playing a key part uh, as well. Um, if you think that you want to help something, then do think about a present to one of our excellent Cambridge homeless charities and others. As all three have said, it, it is about a roof, it is about a bed, but it's about a lot more and the opportunity for people to develop themselves to think about what they want is only assisted when they've got a place that is secure um, and they feel that they're getting the support that they need. So uh, this Christmas, this time of year, when Mary and Joseph couldn't find a room at the inn, um, there are still a lot of people in our own city uh, an outwardly rich-looking city that need a place. So do help them. Homelessness shouldn't really be as bad as it is. I think over the country there's over 100,000 households, not just single people, but families, that are in temporary accommodation. And it probably also points itself at the local plan to actually come up with um, some of those uh, additional uh, areas that people can be provided with housing it, obviously more council housing more affordable one-bedroom homes but uh, but other provision as well so thank you to the three of you we will come back to this theme i'm sure in the future thank you thank you thank you